chums. Welcome back to a Game with Chums podcast. Um, with me, as always, is my ever faithful um, piece of eye candy, the lovable, cuddly, cuddly Mr. Roars. Mr. Roars, how are you? And what have you been up to? What has been going on with your life? Tell me. I want to know everything, every little small detail. What have I been doing? Um, yes. Not much. No. Starting a new job. Like, as we're recording this, I start a new job tomorrow. So just kind of running around and trying to sort stuff out for that. Um, so I've just kind of been finishing up a couple of games that I was playing and haven't started anything new. So I think on the last one, I said I was playing Doom Eternal. Um finished that and then finished DLC a few days ago as well. And then I was playing Wolfenstein Youngblood on my Steam Deck um, because I'm kind of hoping a proper Wolfenstein 3 gets announced at Microsoft's showcase next month. So I thought I'd better try try and catch up because I hadn't played that game. So I finished that as well a few days ago and I haven't started anything new since. So oh. I've been doing a bit of uh, Halo multiplayer. Jolly good. Just to kind of fill the gaps and continue to watch Fruit Basket. Or fruits basket, rather. Surely good. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Not up to much. Mm. Okay. All right. What Excellent. about yourself? Well, thanks for asking, by the way. Um, yeah, I've just... Uh, what have I been doing? Obviously, uh, streaming a lot. Um, been streaming uh, Apex Legends. And I've been streaming um, Mass Effect 3. I'm, nearly, I'm near the end. I've just done the Citadel... DLC, quite fun. It's it's pretty good. It's like a it's a love letter to Mass Effect, basically. I kind of feel like I should. I did. I've done that right before the attack on um, the assault on Cerberus um, head headquarters. Because then that leads you into the end game. I'm I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I've heard people say that you can actually play it post game. So I was just like, oh, maybe I should have waited. But no, it kind of flows quite better if I if you have it right before the Citadel the um cerberus um uh, assault on cerberus because it's like them having letting having a party before the big sh- final showdown so yeah, that was pretty good pretty fun a lot of additional like not side quests but little character tit squad t- mates interactions and and um yeah from your all, all through through all three games whoever's still alive so that's it's been really good it's really like put a smile on your face there is a story campaign to it it's quite short something to do with clones but um yeah, it's good. I mean, that story thing doesn't is a bit superfluous. It's more about the characters and your interactions with them. But yeah, I've been playing that and been doing Dragon Age Inquis- uh, Inquisition Origins. Um, got to the Red Cliff bit. Red Cast, is it Red Cliff? It is Red Cliff. Yeah, yeah. got to that bit, done that bit where you sa- I saved Connor. The Isle um, of Red Cliff. Yeah, I, I actually mis- did a mistake during the, um, during, the, during the live stream. I actually killed Connor. And then I was like, oh, well, I wasn't supposed to do that, so I went reloaded. Uh, that's uh, what previous. save scumming's for. Yep, that's what I did. And then, you know, obviously, I got the circle of magi involved, and they managed to send one of us into the fade to get him back. So, managed to do that. Everyone's happy. Good days. Um, man, the fade stuff is so long in that yeah, game. Yeah, and I played mate. I've played it like three times, and twice I've played a mage, and it's just like you start off in the bloody fade. It just yeah. takes forever. So yeah, that, that bit when you're doing the circle of magi. Where they transport you to the to the fade, it's so long. You have to turn into a mouse, get the ability for a mouse, the fire demon. Oh, it's just so annoying, man. I was just like, oh, I just wish this were and it really slows the game down. But yeah. up to that point, you can do any of the any of the recruitment any way you want. But I normally do the circle first just to get Gwen. She's the party healer. And then um, yeah, that bit slows the pacing down. It's like, oh man, this is such a slog. I'm glad they got rid of that in like the pre in the subsequent sequels. But yeah, I like the fade as a concept. It's just mm. like they did not execute it mm. well in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they obviously the fade still in Dragons Two and Inquisition, but it's sort of scaled yeah. down a bit, a lot, a lot more, more fast paced, which is which is a lot better. And my camera's just gone off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, sorry. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Hopefully, Paul will be back. Yeah, you can still hear me. Uh, dear. uh okay i'm back right technical issues over yeah so um i've been i, I went to the cinema 
and watched the new Doctor Who. It's not bad. Um, It's got mixed reviews. Um, Obviously, like people were expecting more than what they got. I won't spoil anything, but um, I still... Sam Raimi, isn't it? Sam Raimi. It's very very Sam Raimi-esque film. There's a lot of Sam Raimi bits in it. Uh, a lot of Evil Dead sort of um, uh, callbacks and sort of stylized sort of horror. But I thought it was good. And I don't understand the negativity it's got. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's another worthy addition into the uh, MCU cinematic universe, which I feel like people are waiting for it to fail. Mm. So, like, I think I know, there's superhero fatigue and people, every new Marvel film that's come out apart from No Way Home is um, being criticized. Um, which I don't understand why, because I quite like this whole universe. It keeps going. I, I don't care. Like people say it's anti-cinema and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of snobs and stuff like that. It's just saying it's not real, not real cinema. Oh, yes, it is. It's, it's successful. People are just jealous. It's quality still up there. The acting's great. Special effects are great. I don't know what people are complaining for. It's just, I'm just like, just enjoy the film. So, you know, you want to enjoy it. It's just being like, we're being like old men now. <laughs> complaining about everything but uh, yeah i saw that good i'll recommend it a strong seven point seven and a half I, i'll give it it's pretty strong i mean people saying that's the end of marvel i'm like come on man did you not see for the dark world or iron man two or three you know <laughs> come on those were yeah, awful. Iron man three. those films were pretty bad man i i honestly like for the dark world but iron man three is a step too far i think yeah. that's a genuinely bad film but... yeah so I would recommend going to see it if you haven't seen it already, man. Going to your local cinema, going to a nice posh cinema like I do, um, the Everyman. Mr. Lardida. I can't do doing it for the view or Odians anymore, man. I taste, I taste the best. And um, <laughs> tasted the nectar of the gods. It's, no it's, only, it's only like it's fourteen pounds for a ticket, and it's probably like two quid more than say an Odeon review. So what? Just spend the extra two pound, and you have. A better viewing experience because of as we know audience people kick your seats Clo- seats are too close together um people take your arm rest and just do sort of like take it over like that and just get you just feel like you're stuck like that well there it's got your own couch and stuff everyone's got their own arm rests this this the seats are so far forward you know even if you stretch your legs you can't unless you're extremely tall you can't kick the back and it's all like it's all like wood anyway so they, even if you put they put your feet on it you don't feel it so it's, it's, it's good, man. I, I would recommend going like Pitch Houses or Everyman's. But yeah, and then um, apart from the cinema, I've been uh, watching some anime. Been um, watching Spy X Family. So you're not one of these anime fans that doesn't watch anime? Uh, no, I'm not the anime man. No. He doesn't, apparently doesn't watch anime anymore. He reads manga. manga. But yeah, I've been watching that. I uh, watched the first yeah. few episodes on Crunchyroll. I've heard it's, good things about it. It's pretty good. It's fun. It's nice. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the concept, you know, like, uh, yeah, I've read uh, like a synopsis for, yeah, sort of like a plot set up for it, so yeah, a vague idea. So, I would just recommend going to watch it. It's on available on Crunchyroll. Um, first few episodes are free and then it goes to premium, which I see noticed Crunchyroll are doing a lot these days, they're putting everything behind a premium wall. Um, didn't realize they were doing that, I thought it was just all the free use. Because the freeze ad supported, isn't it? Yeah, but now it's like I think the Demon Slayer season two is all locked behind, even though it's been finished for a while, still locked Mm. behind premium wall. Uh, I had no idea they were doing that because obviously I've got premium anyway because the ads are just atrocious. (laughs) Yeah, that ads are ridiculous. Yeah, when I was um, trying to cut back on everything, I was like, right, gonna have to like stop my subscriptions. And I was like, Crunchyroll's fine, I'll just watch it with ads for a while. And then I was like, I got like a week into it, I was like, I can't do this, I've got to pay for Crunchyroll. Mm. The ads are just constant, they're so annoying. It's, how much is it? It's like it's, seven pounds a month, or you get six fifty a month now. Yeah. It was used to be five. And mm. it was like I remember when they put it up to six fifty, I was like, Yeah, I'm not even gonna begrudge them that because it's like the five or a month it was was an absolute steal, and six fifty is still cheap. Haven't they done a haven't they done a merger with Funimation or they bought each someone bought so, one out? Sony bought Crunchyroll, didn't they? And they had already owned Funimation. Mm. So I think they're kind of in the process of merging it. Um mm. so some stuff has already sort of made its way across. But the the I was really worried when Sony announced they were acquiring that because I was like, God, I hope they keep Crunchyroll around and get rid of Funimation because 
Mm. Every time I've had to use Funimation, it's been a fucking horrible experience. Yeah. That website sucks. I, so, I, yeah. I'm a big fan of Crunchyroll. I think the uh, user interface is really good, clean. Yeah. Crunchyroll just works. Mm. That's all you want, really. Mm-hmm. It's good to, good to use. But yeah, so I've been just doing that really, mate, and just uh, you know getting ready for MCM, which will be which we will be attending on the Saturday, Saturday the 29th. Um, 28th. 28th, is it? Oh, it is the 28th, 27th on the Friday. So, yeah, we'll be there wandering around, probably lurking in the bars. We seem to do I'm that a lot. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been mm. to, a, to a MCM since 2019, so I'm quite excited. Even though you guys went last year and said it was terrible, but still, I'm excited. It, it wasn't the best one. I, it wasn't the worst. It definitely was scaled back. A lot of um, dealers weren't there, you know, the big hitters. They weren't there, which is understandable because it was just after a month or two after the lockdown um, mm. was lifted. So it's understandable. And I could see why they didn't want to come there because the numbers were still quite high in the UK. It was a lot more. They had that space. They, they, it was spread out a lot more. Normally, it's very con- congested. Yeah. It was spread out a lot. So you had not you had so much space, which I hope they would keep for this one. It's so much better like that. Just like you can like move around and without having to be like ushered away from everything because of the crowds. But yeah, um, I remember that that time we went on a Saturday when we'd been going on a Sunday for a few years, and it was just madness. Mm-hmm. And it was like there were so many people there that you would the the crowd was just like in a constant move state of movement. So you, if you tried to stop and look at everything, the people behind you just pushed you along. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. kind of got carried by the crowd. So you look going past things, going, "Now that looks pretty cool." Mm-hmm. You get pushed along past it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it won't be like that. I'm going to take more advantage of the fact that we go to MCM and probably buy some stuff because I've been holding back like the last times we went before the lockdown. So it's because like we go to it like every year and we go to the summer event and the winter event. So we sort of like take it for granted. Uh, but this time I'm, I'm planning to spend a bit of money because I get paid the, the, the Friday. So I'm going to buy some swank you know drink some beer and eat some food and you know just immerse myself a just bit more into yourself. it yeah just immerse myself a lot more into it and so i'm looking forward to it we'll be probably do a video on it and we'll definitely be doing a lucky bag video <laughs> um i'm planning That's to do a new youtube meta i'm planning to do a lucky bag video for every uh con we go to so we got like Hyper Japan and probably EGX, probably if we go to that in September, do one for that. And the London Anime and Gaming Con, which will be coming up again in August, we'll be doing one for that as well, which I'm glad that's growing. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we could do like a podcast on like anime cons in the UK and talk about that. But yeah, I'm glad it's growing, man. And um, it can only get bigger. It's very still very indie at the moment. Um, maybe that's the way they want it to keep it. Um, but I do think it will benefit from having sponsors and sort of bigger sort of uh, bigger sort of um, not corporate, but you know, like a big um, not like sort of like a mainstream presence. I think it's just getting bigger, and that's the way you want to grow your cons, really, don't you? I'm sure the. Um, the um, indie like sort of salesman probably will disagree with me because <laughs> people on artists Stanley won't be happy. No, because it is very much yeah, seems it's like very gra- grassroots. Grassroots, it, so. it is. It is getting bigger, and like the, the venue um, that they're in now is way better. It's way better. University, a lot bigger, and um, yeah. I mean, I still have some fondness for the old venue just because we went there so many times. Um, at the the Met, but um, yeah, it was so small, though. so small. They couldn't they? Could they? There was no room to grow in that venue. Yeah, but that's a good sign that they've changed venue. They grow in. So yeah, looking forward to it, man. But um, yeah, let's get move on to gaming news, man. What has been happening in the world of video games, Mister Ross? Hit me with the facts. Um, well, in the realm of Xbox, the sky has fallen, and Xbox is now dead doesn't exist anymore it has no games there will never be any other games and uh, has... game pass is a failure so mm. rip xbox had a good run you know 20 
just over 20 years and uh, now it's time to put them to rest take it out back shoot it yep it's done so it's finished and never recover because a couple of games got delayed by a few months mm-hmm. so what's that about them rules we- um redfall and starfield which were both slated for this year redfall was announced last e3 or sort of e3 time frame when they had their showcase as a sort of co-op online shooter from arcane with vampires which is probably not the first thing people think of when they think of arcane anyway think of like dishonored and prey and stuff like that but then like they just put Deathloop out which was quite different from their old stuff anyway so they try new things they're a very creative team so i was quite interested to see where they go with it and it was slated for summer 2022 and uh starfield was dated last year if you remember 11 11 22 and they've both been pushed back into 2023 which means that xbox currently have no first party games all this year because they haven't put any out yet and we are at the end of may so they've gone five months without putting any games out the only two that had dates have been pushed back so yeah it's not a good look i mean obviously people are going a bit far with it but it's not a great look and um, as far as people know, there's there's nothing else coming this year because, you know, that's all that was announced and dated. So it, it's quite possible that Xbox go all of 2022 with no first party games, which is mad, quite frankly. And uh, disappointing. When I saw the news, I was like, oh, that sucks. Oh, well. Because, you know, the games, if they need to be delayed, they need to be delayed. They, we're going to get a better game out of it at the end of the day. And I don't think any of us are hurting for stuff to play. I've got if if they if everyone in the world stopped making video games now, I'd probably be I'd probably be okay for like fifteen years with the backlog mm. I've got and all the games that currently exist. So it's not like I'm hurting for things to play, but it's a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. But they've got their showcase coming up on the twelfth of June, so you know some stuff might get announced. They've got that as Dusk Falls narrative game on the slate that could possibly be this year people are kind of hoping wolfenstein 3 gets announced and released this year which wouldn't be unprecedented those games tend to have a short announcement to release schedule and um it's been about enough time for wolfenstein 3 to get made i'm really hoping for that because i love those the wolfenstein reboot games so they might have one or two things but as it stands now it's looking like a very barren 2023 but i mean every game in the world is getting delayed at this point like everyone's been hit by delays whether they're internal or external um a lot of stuff's getting delayed that we never hear about because they just didn't date it to begin with but then like god of war ragnarok was dated 2021 when they announced it and you know nobody still knows when that's coming out in the middle of 2022 so everyone's getting hit with delays it is what it is covid's kind of screwed the entire world up and we're still kind of dealing with the aftermath including the fact that virus is still out there and you know we're not testing anymore because apparently it's over and now we've got monkey pox as well paul yeah monkey, I've been pox. That. monkey pox something ever ending um i'm just waiting for the inevitable um you know what people are waiting for the zombie apocalypse it's what we're all waiting for really so we're, all, we're working our way towards it with all these zoonotic diseases i mean that's what everyone really wants isn't it they they want that oh yeah i think they want that no, there is people who want it because, you know, like fiction, video games, films, everything seems to revolve around bloody zombies. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit sick of it at the moment, but uh, either inf- infected or, or you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're not really zombies, they're infected. Oh, yes, they are. They're fucking zombies, man. Just shut up. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, not great. The delays, um, I think it's, I'm. I think I'm hoping. And this is my own assumptions that it's to, to avoid um, this um, work practice of of was it crush, crunch, crunch. Sorry, crunch work hours. So you don't want to release a half baked project these days, like especially with the scrutiny that these uh, games are going to come under. So they want to, especially in the wake of cyberpunk. Yeah, I mean, how much they, of a mess that was. Yeah, they really want to get this sort of down. So I'm I'm more than happy for them to sort of delay it and polish it more, get, get all the bugs out because this is like highly anticipated game, especially Starfield. So 
I'm more than happy for it to come out. I mean, I'm disappointed, but if it has to be delayed for reasons in terms of quality, I'm more than happy for it. I mean, things get delayed all the time. So I'm happy for that because I just don't want it to be a scenario where it's like, oops, cyberpunk. Do you know what I mean? They still released it. Um, <laughs> but um, there's no um, there's no gem, there's no previous gem version of it coming. So um, I'm hopefully they can just concentrate on next gen games. So the next gen next gem version. So I'm I'm more than happy for it. It's it's annoying, but yeah, I mean, millions of people are still playing Skyrim, like eleven and a half years after it came out. So people are going to probably be playing Starfield for years to come. Mm -hmm. So like a six month delay, or whatever it ends up being. I should I forgot to mention they said it was delayed until the first half of 2023. So it should be out by like June next year. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, six month delay, seven months max is not the end of the world. If you're probably going to be playing the game for a decade, mm -hmm. like, especially on PC where you can just mod the crap out of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, better they take the time and get it right and launch it in a good state. Cause this is Bethesda as well. Their games are very complex and there's always potential for bugs. Um, I know people give them a lot of shit about that, but there's, there's good reason why their games can be a bit buggy because of how bloody complex there are however how many moving parts and the fact that the game has to track every single item in the world mm. and stuff like that whereas like pretty much no other game does that so mm -hmm. you want to make sure you're coming out of the traps as good as you can do really mm. so, yeah, mm -hmm. i'm not mad about it i ain't mad but at you i just think it's a bit of a bad look for xbox they didn't have anything else but i guess we'll find out next month if they've got anything else i think they'll i think they will have one or two things but We'll not see. The, not the big um, hitters. Not there. the big hitters. Well, yeah. unless they unless they do announce Wolfenstein three, that's a pretty big game. Mm -hmm. so, fingers crossed yeah. for that because I really want that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, any other gaming news, Mister Ross? Um, FIFA can't be called FIFA anymore. No, can't. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't really read much about this story because I don't care about FIFA. But well, the short of it is that um, FIFA were asking for close to a billion for the naming rights from EA and EA said no. And so FIFA were like, well, you can't use the naming rights anymore. And EA were like, okay, we'll just rebrand it as EA Play FC, which is a terrible name. It is. Um, because the, the, EA actually own the, um, they built the game, so they, they own it, they can use it, but it just has to be rebranded. Um, which is no big loss because like they release EA, FIFA's released every year and it's the same game with slight tweaks and sometimes even more buggy than the previous ones. So it's no big loss. Um, it's a, I mean, like to have the FIFA brand is quite huge, but I can't, if EA can't afford it, I don't see any other publishers that are willing to pay what FIFA are asking for. For a billion, what other company can publishers can do that? I think it's less about not being able to afford it and more about not wanting to pay. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry, not wanting to pay. Absurd they, they make, amounts of they, money off they, of FIFA Ultimate Team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they make absurd amounts of money. But who else is going to be willing to pay a billion? I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone else is going to no. be too. And not just pay it; they have to build willing. the game. They have to build it again. That makes me wonder though, what are they going to call FIFA Ultimate Team now? Because everybody calls it FUT, which makes me laugh every time I hear that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to call it now. Yeah, it's um, it's FIFA, it's FIFA 23 is coming out this year. Um, and then after that, there we EA will be calling it EA Play FC, which is like I said, horrible name, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a big loss to have FIFA gone, but EA are planning to release a few games. You know, I mean, next year. it's been 28 years since the first one came out, so it's like an ending a 28-year run of it being called FIFA. In, indeed, yeah. But, um, yeah, anything else, Mr. Ross? We can move on from that. We don't have to talk too much about that. Well, speaking of EA, yes. uh, a story came out a couple of days ago as of recorded this that they're looking to get interested in a merger with another entity. And um, I've got a story up here from Kotaku who are 
sour- sourcing a report by Puck, who I've never heard of. Um, yeah, apparently EA are looking to merge with a big media company. Uh, I recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal because the boss of Comcast, who owns NBC Universal, was interested in spinning it, spinning that business off. And um, there was some discussion about spinning that off and merging it with EA. And um, apparently EA's been quite interested in this kind of thing. They've apparently spoken to Disney, Apple, and Amazon about it as well. Mm -hmm. And um, they're quite insistent on Andrew Wilson being remaining the CEO of the merged entity. So mm-hmm. it sounds like the NBC Universal one kind of broke down um, over pricing, mm. apparently. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I didn't think, um, like, obviously, there's a lot going on right now with acquisitions and mergers and stuff. And like, Tencent and um, Embracer, like, investing in or buying up everyone. Microsoft are buying up loads. Sony are buying Bungie at the moment. And, um, yeah, it just, I'm surprised that EA are looking to sell or merge because they are very successful and they make a shit ton of money. So I don't know, I guess the idea for them is if they merge into another company, then they make even more money. And and if they keep Andrew Wilson in as CEO of the merged entity, then they're basically essentially remain EA in spirit, but they just have more money and power. So I guess I can see. Yes, I can see the deal from that angle, but apparently they've grown even more interested in it since the Microsoft Activision deal was announced. So I don't know, like what, what do EA do if they get bigger? Are they going to try and launch their own platform? Mm, probably. I don't know. It's maybe they will, will they have their own like game pass or well, they do, don't they? EA play. EA play. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's weird, man. Like it seems like people are buying, buying more. It's, I don't know if what Microsoft has kicked off. It's just like they bought, you know, it's that sent shockwaves when they bought Bethesda, and now they're doing it with, um, with uh, Activision. It's uh, it's huge now. Everyone seems to be trying to merge or buy, and that's the thing. I think they've consolidate. Kind of put the uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons and now everyone's like oh shit we've got to buy stuff while there's still stuff to buy Just yeah we can it's um so i don't know if i really like this but i guess this is the way it's going it's just everyone's consolidating merging buying selling it's um yeah but then by the same token you've got new studios constantly being spun up um and then like a bunch bought. of people <laughs> Oh yeah, but a bunch of people from Bungie have gone and started new studios, and I, well, I think one of them is like partnering with Sony for a game at the moment. And then like Glenn Schofield from Visceral, one of the creators of Dead Space, went and started a new studio, Striking Distance, and they're putting out Dead Space spiritual successor called Callisto Protocol sometime this year. So like, there's I think it's going to be kind of a natural ebb and flow. People are going to like snatch everything up, and then people are going to get kind of want out of the corporate machine and then start their own studios and then it's keep churning like that Hmm. yeah it's interesting to see how it'll go i'm interested to see what happens with ea if anything because it's you know it's kind of that kind of came out of nowhere for me i've got to be honest i didn't think they were interested in selling or merging or anything yeah just see where it goes i guess i think that's about gonna, gonna do it for the news section yeah we'll get on to our main topic in in uh in just a sec. Should we uh, stop this and then read? Yeah. So, Mr. Ross, we're going to talk about the topic of the podcast, which is music in gaming. Essentially, like soundtracks, particular songs from particular games that stand out, that we love, that we can always, we hear, we have on Spotify and stuff like that. Stuff that, that's, you know, that's, resonates with us like as we were growing up and shit and stuff so um yeah like we're just gonna get into this so i'm gonna start off i know i get it all right man i get it i i swing on the, on the nuts of uh, of of bioware especially oh, classic, you uh, no yeah, no it's, it's true i mean i've never like, heard this i mean like uh i do have a a, a big love for bioware particularly i want to say the golden age of bioware where they produce games like Nazi Republic, Jade Empire, 
Dragon Age and Mass Effect, um, that sort of period there, um, which I consider the peak Bioware. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to start off like yeah, those getting music in those games. Um, particularly, like, I, I want to go back and, set, and give like uh, Jade Empire some more love because I think that's like the ginger-headed stepchild of um, Bioware, <laughs> especially during that period. Because even though they didn't get the love it, it, I think it deserved, it's still it's still a good game. I mean, that game is probably better than a lot of studios' games that they produced at the time, which I think was 2005 when that came out. And um, who was the guy who, who who was the composer? Was it Mark? So Mark Mark Ireland? Uh, let me just look for, look up for that because I know they they have like. Um, some composers on there. Yeah, Jack Wall. Sorry, Jack Wall. Oh, he was the composer. Wall. Yeah, because they normally have they have Jeremy Soule, but for this one they they had Jack Wall, um, who's quite underrated, I think. I mean, that soundtrack was pretty banging, man. I mean, I remember when I played it when I was in university, and um, I remember I bought the game at the at the local uh, mall shopping center, as we call it. And um, I, I, it was a Saturday. It might have been a bank holiday weekend, so I had no class and nothing. So I bought that game. On my way, I stopped at a co-op, and I bought myself a beer crate of 24 um, pack of uh, uh, Beck's beer. I think it was Beck's big, or Mike. No, it was Budweiser. weekend for Paul. It was Budweiser. And, you know, the old 330 mil Coke cans. Like that's it. It's my weekend. So I locked myself <laughs> in the room. Didn't go out. Didn't go to any like. Didn't um, meet up with any of my uh, roommates or flatmates or anything. Didn't go to the to, to the clubs. Stayed in there and played that. Completed it in like three days. And I just remember what was standing out for me was like the soundtrack. And I was just like, damn, and soundtrack slaps some serious ass. Um, it's probably because of the um, Eastern sort of. Uh, influences you know the chinese influence it had which really made it stand out um it moved me man so the the main the, the main theme for uh, dragon age which i would i would love to play a clip but obviously we don't want to get copyright claimed or anything like that you mean jade empire which what did i say dragon age oh did i say dragon age sorry jade empire yeah um getting confused but um yeah the the, the main theme from Dra- um, dragon age i got dragon age <laughs> on the brain because i doing stream of it um for jade empire man brilliant man that on the loading menu on the main menu when you're doing when you're um building your characters it's just so good man and oh, i'll be honest we did we did a full let's play of jade empire on the channel mm. and i can't remember the music at all oh my god how dare you? i genuinely don't remember any of how it. dare you how dare you <laughs> uh, man it was a it was a while ago and you've only played it well you watched me play it once and it's a game. I think I'm surprised you haven't done your own little sort of um, let's play your own little playthrough of it. It's kind of on my. I put it on my to do list after we did the let's play because I was like, I just somehow never got around to it when it came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the let's play we did of it, and I was thinking, oh, at some point I'll play it myself. Mm-hmm. I just haven't got around to it. It's not a long game either. It's about thirty hours. And you got the special edition available on like Steam and shit, so it's always worth playing. And you got your Steam Deck now, so you probably can just play that. Yeah, I was just it. thinking that. Yeah, see, if it'll, see if it'll run on the Steam Deck. I mean, yeah, like that's how I'm gonna like just kick it off. Like I think um, the Jade Empire, composed by Jack Wall, that the uh, soundtrack is brilliant. You can get the um, soundtrack; it's available on on Spotify. So if you want to give itself a listen, just uh, yeah, just um like that uh soundtrack and give it a listen man but it's got some banging tracks on there man uh the wall I mean, track it's great i'm sure it's good because it's jack wall who also did the soundtrack for mass effect one which is fantastic oh uh, yeah the ended song he didn't do that but that, no, ended that song was, yeah, that, that came, sort of came so out of nowhere and it? it's just like whoa this one that yeah. wasn't what i was expecting i and can't remember the part band. two by fonts yeah, brilliant. that song is just like did you, did you, did you, did you, the I end, the end, the ending of, of uh, Mass Effect. You. Like Shepard's like it's just standing over. there. I like the way he just freezes on on Shepard, just standing there, like looking out like, to the. Yeah, I was like, that's a bit cheese, but, but yeah. the way it ends like that with like 
Shepard basically telling the council it's not over and bigger mm. threats are coming, and then that song starts up. I was just ah, getting goosebumps, man. Yeah. So I'd never, I'd never heard of that band before. Before that, no. that's the only that song I know of. Just, that song was just absolutely perfect for the credits of Mass Effect. It's a shame they don't. I think they used another one for Mass Effect Two, but I can't remember what the song was called. I don't think they had a a, a band play. I think it was just some. Yeah, it's just this part of the soundtrack. One of the other, it was either Mass Effect Two or Mass Effect Three, had n- another font song. Did it? I, I can't yeah, remember. I just that. can't remember which one it was. I just remember it was the suicide music that was playing at the end. The suicide run. I think that played on the credits. I'm doing a really poor imitation of it, <laughs> but that build-up on the suicide run track soundtrack was great, especially when you're like you're running away from the collector base <laughs> and the music just playing in the background is so good. Uh, but man, like, let me yeah, know. It might have been it might have been number three that had it. I can't remember now. It's I been, can't remember the ending to number three. Because I've only completed the uh, one, so, no, maybe twice, but I don't remember the music on it. Yeah, just... I've completed Mass Effect one like six times. Yeah, I've done two twice, and I've done three once. Yeah, <laughs> and that was when it came out, so I can't remember. Literally, the last time I played through Mass Effect two was. Oh, hello. My camera's gone dead now. More technical difficulties. These cameras are great, Paul. Mm. But um. But yeah, the last time I played Mass Effect 2 was just before 3 came out. So it's been a long while since I played that one too. Whereas Mass Effect 1 sound, soundtrack, I know really well because I've played it quite a few times. Um, the other two games, I can't remember much of, if I'm honest, because of, it's been so long since I played them. I just remember what really stood out from Mass Effect 2 was the suicide one on the collector base. That, sound, that song there stood out. It's like the big orchestral drums and everything. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that it was good. It fitted the um, the um, the suicide run really well. Mm. Yeah. It was like Shepard, you fight against impossible odds. And I remember the music at the background going dun, 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 dun. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, give that, that a listen. Jack Waller's one two as well, but I think it was. I think he was part of a team at that point. I don't think it was solely Jackal. Mm. Um, but yeah, three. I feel like three was someone else. I can't remember though. I don't really so, rate the music on. Actually, there was a song on there that I liked. It was the main theme from Mass Effect, a really mournful song. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that? That was quite sad. Mm. That yeah, was quite I do remember moving. that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was someone else on three. Someone else. Someone. <laughs> but anyway, man, like. There was a bunch of someone else's. Like, Mansell is the name I always remember. Actually, what about yourself, it. man? Like, you name a track or game or anything like that that you. Well, do I have it hand? No, it's on the other shelf. Mm. Halo soundtracks, obviously. Like, a yeah. one I was going to mention. I've got all the. I have mm-hmm. all the Halo soundtracks yeah. on disc. Um, mm-hmm. Just a sec. Just. Okay. Yeah, I think. That's kind of anytime someone thinks about music and games, Halo is always going to get brought up because it was just so different. Like when Halo CE came out and you load up the game and then you've got the, the monks chanting on the title screen. Yeah, the the um, sort of like yeah, that gave that sort of like a I don't know, like not religious film thing, but it did sound like something. It was like kind of like religious. From the um, you know, from the Dark Ages, you know that sort of thing. Well, it was like it. Gregorian monks, wasn't it? Oh, and that's so lasted so long that it's basically been in every Halo game. And it's like if it's missing, then people get really, really upset. Mm. I think Halo Four was the first one that didn't have any like Gregorian chanting in it, and people were like, "Where's the chants? What happened mm. to my Halo monks?" Mm. Yeah, I think it works because obviously, like. Um, the Covenant are like zealously religious uh, of the forerunners, so I think it kind of works in that context. And it mm. does kind of lend it this almost sort of like it's a big shiny sci-fi game, but it lends it this kind of mythic feel, which was always kind of there in Halo anyway. Because you, obviously, like the forerunners have been gone for a hundred thousand years, and they've left behind bits of their technology, and there's another collection of alien races that like reveres them so it always kind of had that mythic quality to it and i think the music just elevated that but then obviously you've got like the upbeat kind of action stuff like the bit you were doing and um 
that just sort of underscores what's going on in the game so well. For me, the the one I the, my, the track I love the most is um, one final effort from Halo Three. It's just mm. a constantly sort of driving action kind of music, but just really melodic and kind of orchestral. And then the way it just kind of soothes out at the end is really good. Okay. Yeah, like anything by Marty O'Donnell. And like, um, I feel like the Halo Reach soundtrack is massively underrated. Mm. People never seem to bring that up. I think that honestly might be his best work. Um, but the music from the, the main trilogy holds a special place because it's the main trilogy. But Reach kind of... The music in Reach is like every piece is like a musical suite. It's like a move. It's like a piece of music with various movements through them, and it just feels very orchestral. I really like it. And then um, he did stuff for Destiny, and I have issues with Destiny, which I think we've spoken about. But like the music in Destiny One was still really good. It yeah, very, it felt very much like an evolution from Reach, but kind of is still its own thing in a way. It also had that really sort of mythic kind of mysterious quality to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's a good choice, dude. I really like that soundtrack. Well, any like soundtrack, especially from the original trilogy, just gets you going, man. It just gets the. It really fits in with like like particular levels and scenes from that game, from that trilogy. It's just so good, man. Yeah, like you say, I think. Reach being my favorite Halo game, this soundtrack's quite underrated as well. It doesn't really get talked about as much. Mm. It's like the um the main strip, the mainline Halo games. I think it's because like the, the previous games had like quite distinct tracks. Whereas like mm. the the um Reach soundtrack is more like movements rather than like specific like four minute songs or anything. They're like ten minute long sort of like musical journeys basically so i think they're probably they're probably less easily digestible than stuff like one final effort or mm. stuff from the other older stuff from the other mm. games which is probably why do you remember um how many times have you completed dragon age origins once or twice or twice i think two maybe three times do you remember the um the, the ending song to that do you remember what band it was so i know which band it was but i'm just asking if you remember it was called This Is War, but I... No. Um, by 30 Seconds to Mars. You know, oh, Jan- yeah. Janet Leo, Janet Leo, yeah, leader. Now I remember. Who, who, Why have you done I this did, to me? I don't even knew... I didn't even know who Janet, Janet Leno was at that time. <laughs> I remember he was he was in Fight Club, and but I didn't know him as an actor. I was just like, who's this band? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, he's a Hollywood actor. And at that time, 2009, I'm not too sure he had many big film roles. But yeah, he was his band, and this is War, yeah, which kind of I'd fitted in. And um, I quite liked it when her first come out. It was just like this is war. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> all right. And then I remember like these the the, the standing song to um, Dragon, Dragon Age, Age 2. Two was that by one Florence, I do remember Florence and the Machine. That's a really good track. Yeah. I got calling call you, you a liar. liar. And I listened to the original track that they. Uh, that she released and it does, yeah. it's slightly different it's really stripped back yeah whereas like the edit that um that bio edited for it's like really ornate and orchestral it's really it's a really good version of the song mm. that one i that one i do remember because i remember liking it <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah man like i want to talk about like others like games if we can like I'm thinking like we like we said. I think we said in the previous podcast that we're big Final Fantasy fans. Well, you're quite a big Final Fantasy fan. I, I I'm quite big, but I'm not as big as you. As I can see there on, on your behind you, you got uh, Final. Is that Final Fantasy? What is that? I can't. The oh, that there? Yeah, that's a Final Fantasy 14 PS3 limited edition. There you are, man. Big fan. There. I also have like. Hold on. This is from the limited edition of Endwalker, which came out last year. So yeah, I do like me some Final Fantasy fourteen, and um, I'm not going to get up and get it because it's on the other side of the room. But I've got the vinyl box set of the Final Fantasy fourteen LPs as well. So there's like an an LP. I think there's like eight tracks on each one. So there's like a, it's like a box of four, and you so you've got like an LP for 
a Realm Reborn, Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, and Shadowbringers. And yeah, uh, oh, yeah I, I love the music from 14. It's so good. What would you say is your favorite music from the Final Fantasy games? Do you have any particular game that's like you say has the best music? Or I think at this point it's 14 just because there's 14. so much of it and it's so consistent. Like, because mm-hmm. obviously it's been going for nine years at this point. So there's, there's just so much music there. And it's, I just want to, obviously he's not going to see this, but I'd want to give a shout out to Masayoshi Soken, the compo- composer of 14, the main composer, because he's just done such a ridiculously good job um, with the soundtracks throughout the years and even continued making music while he was trying to get over cancer. And um, which ended up with a particularly emotional moment at FanFest when he kind of announced that he'd, but he, he kind of went through it in secret. Mm-hmm. And then he came out on stage at FanFest and announced that he'd had cancer and he was in remission. And um, just sort of like, just a really emotional moment where he was like thanking people in the company, like Naoki Yoshida, the director of FF14 and stuff. And they were basically just like, by standing there trying not to cry. And it was just like, but yeah, like the music for Final Fantasy fourteen is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, don't even know if I can pick out particular songs because there's there's just amazing songs in every single expansion. But I think the one, if I had to pick one song, I'd probably mention Answers just because it's been with me for so long. Like the opening song from the original. I think it might have been in Final Fantasy fourteen one point naught as well, and they reused it for for two point naught. And then at the end of Endwalker, they kind of come back around to it mm-hmm. and sort of like reference the lyrics of it and stuff, which is just very cool. But that was that was actually, I think that was Uematsu that did that. And um, there's another name you can't discuss video game music without mentioning. Nobu Uematsu. Oh, yes. For all of the classic Final Fantasy soundtracks. Yeah. And, I, mean, um, I mean, like... Yeah, he he. Um... I can't be bothered to get it. I've got a Final <laughs> Fantasy VII soundtrack down there, signed by yeah. him, but it's like under a load of stuff. Yeah, I mean he um he was the man back in the day. It's like every uh, game, he would, there would be like distinctive tracks and stuff in there. He'd be really good, man. Like we said, we went to dis- we've been to Distance Worlds a few times. I think three times now. I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean the and lo- then that final symphony one as well. Yeah, they they put on and he was there and that's where we got stuff signed by him. Oh yeah, sure. That where was that in the Barbican? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, damn, God man, been to so much geeky crap. <laughs> forget about it. I don't know where my signed stuff is. Signed somewhere. God Unbelievable damn. level of respect shown to these cultural items. Cultural item. I don't want to go that far, <laughs> but yeah. In the geek uh, mine's game, on yeah. the shelf down there. It's just on the bottom, and there's just other. It's not. It's not. I don't want to sound like I piled loads of stuff on top of it. It's just on the bottom shelf, and I can't be bothered to get it. I think I got yeah. something Final Fantasy VII related signed. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got Final Fantasy VII soundtrack signed by Uematsu, and my Final Fantasy Thirteen soundtrack signed by Hamalzi, mm. which is a really underrated soundtrack. I know people love to clown on Thirteen, and there are good reasons to clown on it, but the soundtrack is really good, <laughs> and I really like the soundtrack. Yeah. Um. I mean, like you you've played Ten Two, right? I mean, that whole game is just basically one pop video, isn't it? Really? <laughs> I've played like an hour of it. You didn't. Pl- you played the opening. Into it. Yeah. A thousand? Is that is that on it? Is it a thousand words? Which one's the uh, opening song? Real emotion. Oh yeah, She's <laughs> singing there, and then like the other two are just like snakes sneaking around, like hitting guards or something. <laughs> so what's going on here? Uh, yeah. She became so, like a she became an idol. It was weird from went from priestess to an idol. Yeah, it was a it was a weird flex going from Final Fantasy ten to ten two. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've always meant to play it, but the, I, if I'm gonna play it, I want to get the true ending, and it sounds like an absolute nightmare to get the true ending in that game so i've just never bothered yeah i mean that from, from that game what stood out i've not actually played it i got it i got it sealed still haven't opened it on ps2 um is the thousand words it's a thousand words a thousand and i just remember that was like from what i knew of the game obviously like you and had like a costume change and everything like that it was like oh she's showing a lot more flesh and guns uh, for some reason and dual wielding guns but she <laughs> she was a summoner but now that sin was gone there wasn't much need for a summoner anymore 
So time to sing instead. It's just time to like give the people a good time. They've been through hell. Like, <laughs> come on, man, like, make them happy. Put on a show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that just stood out for me, and I was just like, wow, what, what's this about? But I, I do like Ten's soundtrack. I think Ten's got pretty good. Ten's got a great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, some fantastic songs in there. Fantastic soundtrack. The the mood of that that, that soundtrack just summed up the game perfectly it was so good yeah obviously there's two two zanakand which plays when you go to zanakand which is the one everyone knows which is an amazing piece of music and i remember when we the first time we went to distant worlds we were like oh they have to play to zanakand but there's i think my favorite piece of music in final fantasy 10 is calm before the storm which plays in Macalania woods which is just it's just really a haunting piece of music it's really good it's kind of like oddly calm yet haunting it's a weird vibe but it's very good what's the song that that's sort of like the uh the unofficial theme to final fantasy 10 and it plays yeah, Dane. yeah that one that was great man isn't it wonderful yeah i mean i think in the game did they play the japanese version or was it yeah it was the japanese one wasn't it yeah and they're sitting in they they had like a, a just a musical version of it and it was also when that scene happens they played the the proper song and mm. it just fitted in really well i don't want to spoil it even though the game's like god knows how old now um there's a scene between uh Ty- Ty- titus and and yuna where she breaks down and he comforts her and it just sort of really fits in well i mean that, that brought a a smile to this jaded um, past uh, uh, jaded person you see before you. you know I mean, I'm I'm normally like that sort of shit. Don't move me. Heart of stone. It no. I know people talk about it on like videos and go, oh, I nearly cried when I watched this film or this anime or and you're like that. I'm just like, oh come on, man. No, I mean it, it moves me, but it doesn't want to. It doesn't bring me to tears. I'm just like, <laughs> no, like I've got other things like that will bring me to tears. I don't know tears of joy or sadness or I don't know, man, but um. Yeah, that 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 sort of that that piece of music got me there. I was just like, mm. oh, wow. Uh, and and the the, the 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 like sticking with Final Fantasy, the you know the when oh, when when Eris dies, and that music plays. Wow, Paul! Spoilers. It's only been twenty five years. Yeah, I'll give I mean, people a chance. I mean, goddamn. God <laughs> but um, that bit of music what plays at the end was really Eris's theme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that probably that's it's the just... one. That is perfect. Like yeah. in that moment, that music is perfect. I mean, I always wanted to hear. We went to Distant World three times, and the previous two times they never played it, and I was like, "They mm. don't play it." And on the third one, they did play it because, because I think, because Final Fantasy Remake was being was, I think that wasn't being was it being released about that time, wasn't it? Two thousand and nineteen. 20 yeah it was like promoting it was probably it. yeah they're probably talking about it they were they were playing a lot of music from seven because when did it come out to 2020 didn't it yeah 2020 yeah. during lockdown um the first big lockdown and i remember that when we we went to the distant world the year previous and i remember they're playing a lot of final fantasy seven songs just mm. to probably promote it and stuff but they played it and it really and it was worth the wait man i was like i'm so glad i came yeah. so it was so moving I love the way in the game as well, like the the fight following that, that music just continues playing. It's, like it's not good. replaced by the battle music. Yeah. It's really yeah. effective. Yeah. I mean, like people say that's when gamers say they learn how to cry. I didn't cry, but I got really <laughs> sad. I was like, oh, that's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, I remember and- before I played Final Fantasy VII, um, my friend Rob was playing it at the time. And like, that was the first Final Fantasy game that came out here. So it we pretty much didn't know anything about the series until seven came out. And um, I didn't really pay any, any attention. My mate Rob was playing it and we were at school and he was like, oh, you've got to play it. And I was like, oh, I'm probably never going to play it. Just tell me what it's about. And he was like, oh, you get to this bit and the main heroine gets killed. And then like the whole time you're like, no, she's going to get up. They're not just going to kill her. And she never gets up. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. whatever, man. <laughs> and then, like, when he finished disc one, he like brought it in school. He's like, please play the game. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll play it. And then I ended up loving it. And I got to that point. Um, I got to the same point, borrowing the discs yeah. off him until I managed to buy my own copy. Mm. And I was like, when Aries died, I was like, no, she ain't dead. She's gonna get up. Mm. She's not getting up. Like, even though I knew it was, mm. I knew it was gonna happen because he told me. 
Assuming mm. I was never going to play it, I was like, I, I was disbelieving, and it still had an impact, even though I kind of I knew it was going to happen, which is kind of strange, really. But mm. I think it's just just how well constructed that scene is. I mean, obviously, it looks a bit primitive now, twenty five years later. Mm. But in nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight, whenever it was, I actually got around to playing it. Maybe um, that was just so well done at the time. I shudder to think what they're going to do with it in the remake because they changing things about but we'll see yeah i think they've even changed aris's um theme song slightly they've ordered it so i think i've listened to the soundtrack on spotify it's ordered and it doesn't sound as good so i'm gonna be honest the music didn't stand out to me in the remake i can't remember any of it mm. which is a weird thing to say when i have like four disc soundtracks of final fantasy propping uh, up my yeah i mean i do remember the opening mission the bombing uh, mission that was still the same yeah Remember that was just basically a modern yeah. version of the original but yeah a lot of the music you know, didn't really stand out as much to me uh well i mean we could go on about like the the remake and how <laughs> that's what our spoiler cast was for so go and watch that if you want to watch us shit talk that game i mean i liked it more than what you did but yeah like i definitely not very happy with its direction it's going in but um yeah man like final fantasy i mean like who doesn't like final fantasy soundtracks man i mean i think everyone's got a particular favorite my mm. particular favorite is it, it fluctuates between seven and ten um I, i've not played 14 no 15 sorry so i can't really say but i've heard that's got some Good tracks it's got a handful of good tracks mm. um ones that i can remember like somnus that plays on the title screen which fans have been hearing for years because they used it in like versus 13 trailers and stuff mm. and um apocalyptic apocalypsis noctis which um part of it sounds very much like the elder scrolls theme which is kind of weird mm. and um there's one that was in the i think it was the uh oh man what's the dude called that's always coming up with new recipes Oh, well, that guy with the glasses. I remember his name. Completely blanked on his name. Um, in his DLC, there's a track. Um, and I can't remember what the track was called because it was his name and Rav and Ravus, Luna Freya's brother, is the name of the track. But so I can't remember it. But that was that was really good. Uh, so it's, there's good music in there, but then there's a lot of because it's an open world game. There's a lot of sort of like environmental and incidental music which kind of is in the background, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's there's yeah. there's good music in every single Final Fantasy game. They've been putting out straight bangers since 1987, even right back to Final Fantasy One. There's amazing music. Final Fantasy I mean, Two and Three and Four, Five, Six. They've all six. got really good music. I mean, Terra's theme is brilliant. That's the theme that's amazing. Where it opens in the main game. And I don't know intro. why. Every time I hear that, it makes me think of the Ghibli film Nausicaa. I don't know why. Mm, it's just got it's got a kind of similar vibe. I think. Yeah. It's a really good track. I mean, we should do a podcast of, of discussing our, our Ghibli films. I think mean, that'd be quite interesting. They released a, a list, which I don't agree with the number one, which I remember sharing with you guys. On, yeah, who was it that put this list out? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I just know they're wrong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that as number one. I don't want to, well, not spoil it, but say, because maybe we'll do a podcast on like uh, on um, yeah. Ghibli music on Could films. Be pretty good. Yeah. And then we can find that thing again, and we can actually talk about the article in I mean, that podcast. I mean, no, like we'll give our own lists as well, like our own top ten. I won't do like a put all of the films in order, but I'll have my. Own, I got a good idea of my top ten. Oh, it was wired, wired.co.uk. Yeah, wired. You have fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, like the the order it, it's in is pretty decent, but it, they've got a few mixed up there. I'm gonna say. Um, but yeah, we'll probably do something about that. But yeah, like one one of a game i'm not like the whole soundtrack but the the opening the main theme to that particular game which stood out for me which i feel really fit the game um down to a t was the uh opening theme the opening main theme to the last of us one it's like dun, dun, dun. i can't do it but yeah, the, that was it's all very net the whole soundtrack was like very naturalistic guitar stuff mm-hmm. and it was gustavo santo alaya Guy that did it. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't get Troy Baker to do it because he's pretty handy on, <laughs> on the guitar. You know, he's he probably talented. offered. He was like, "Guys, guys, I can do the soundtrack. Guys, guys, let uh, me do the soundtrack." Like, Troy, yeah. back off. I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't use that song for the um, HBO 
mm. live um, remake as the the intro music yeah. for the for the for the um, series. I'd be surprised if they didn't. They went with something completely different. Mm. That really that sort of that that particular piece of music does seem to be a TV it's show. Perfect for yeah. Yeah, and it, it, I would if I heard that on like The Walking Dead or some something similar, I would think yeah, that kind of mm. really suits it. But yeah, that I mean, like the the sound, the music itself from from um, the Last of Us, especially one, nothing really stood out. It was very natural, and they use that theme a lot. But that theme sort of really fits in that world. Really, it's really somber and sort of like mournful. And dour as well. It's quite sad because mm, it is like yeah. a really bleak sort of game, isn't it? Especially two. I mean, two was I can't remember the the songs they had on that, but I know yeah, they I can't songs. remember any of the music from yeah. two, but I remember quite a lot of the music from the first one. Yeah. Um, but they fit in that sort of bleak sort of world that that they live in perfectly. I mean, like, do you have any any other that that fits in? Because this is just our like sort of games that we we love yeah. like it's not all encompassing just yeah. kind of a bit of a primer i mean stuff we like we're probably missing out on a lot of games but this is just our sort of personal ones i mean I, i'm in love with like the bioware game especially in dragon age one where you um where liliana starts singing in camp <laughs> which just came out random she just has this angelic sort of like voice she's like oh I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just no, it's kind of not the same, but similar to that. Like the um, the bard songs in Inquisition were amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really like the bard songs. In that was great. Like, just walk yeah. into an inn and like, yeah. got, like, a bard singing Sarah Was Never and stuff. Yeah. And then there was, the, there was one of them was singing the song that Liliana mm. sang. I can't remember what the song is called. It's in, it was in Elvish, wasn't it? Yeah. Or Elven, rather. Elven. I always called it Liliana's theme, but I think I'm wrong on that. Yeah, she, yeah. She does. She's just starts singing it to the main protagonist, and everyone in the camp just stops to listen to her. It was quite a moving moment, and she's like, "The elves had a song." I was like, "Oh, let's hear it." Then she's just, like, "Yeah, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick myself when I remember what it was called because I, I listened to that a lot, mm. and I remember when I played Inquisition, I walked into an inn that Bard was singing. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. that's so cool!" Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. what it was called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it had like an elven name. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember that's called cool as well. Who did the soundtrack to? Was it Inonzo? In in um, Origins. Mm. Who's doing Starfield at the moment as well? Oh. Oh. Okay, yeah. man. I have one more before we wrap up that I would, it would be yeah. extremely remiss of me not to mention. Remiss, huh? Oh, near Automata. Is that just near? Oh, is well, it? This, this is both. I can't because you because you've got white text. Yeah, and it's reflecting, I and I can't really see it properly. But you can see Emil's little face. Yeah, I can see his but stupid this, face. This is a box set of. Um, oh, there's like man. there's yeah. two LPs of each of each game in there. I mean, um, I like I, I like the, um, the 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 main song, the weight of the world. Mm. That's so good. It's very good. Yeah, it's very different as well. But I'm just me, one the... girl. <laughs> down the show with now. Yeah, I remember good. watching a there was a guy on youtube i uh, did a metal version of it mm. and uh, he's like a pretty big like tattooed metalhead guy from i think he sounds like he's from like poland or something and he sings that line i'm only one girl and i'm like okay that's kind of strange coming yeah. out of your mouth. it's a really that's good cover though. Yeah. it's a really good cover if you look on youtube it'll probably be the first one you find but isn't it like when you complete the game that's that starts playing when you're doing that sort of space invader bit yeah, and then it goes into like a bit tune version of it as well, chip tune or whatever it's called. Um, but that happens throughout Automata as well. Every time you're doing like the hacking mini game and you're playing as as a, as a 9s, I nearly said a meal. When you're playing as 9s, it like switches to like a chip tune version of the song that happens to be playing at the time, which is really cool. They do a lot of really interesting stuff with music in near Automata, but near Gestalt slash Replicant. The first game has my favourite soundtrack of all time. Um, that's that's better for me. Like, got that right there. The the special edition of Replicant, the remaster. Man, um, we really need to upgrade our cameras. <laughs> you, know, you pointed to it, and I'm just like, I can't make that out, man. Yeah, I know it's because because it's glossy paper. Mm. It's like glossy card, and the light is shining on it. But 
But yeah, like that's probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. I remember when I first started playing Final Fantasy 13, uh, not 13, 14, in, when it was in beta on the PS3, which was like early 2013, I think. And I was talking to a couple of people because I used to post on Eurogame and the forum doesn't exist anymore. And a few of us started up a free company or guild, if you're coming from another game, in uh, 14. And we were just talking in game one day. And uh, I think we were talking about the music in A Realm Reborn and um, just got talking about other soundtracks. Mm. And like two of them were like, like discussing what the best soundtracks are. And two of the people in the free company were like near. Mm. And I was like, I've heard that's good because I hadn't played it at that point. I think it came out in 2010. And they were like, yeah, it's the best soundtrack ever made. And I was like, it sounds like hyperbole. And then I went and played it and I was like, that's not hyperbole. <laughs> the soundtrack for Nier is just absurdly good. Godlike, is it? It is yeah. just very, very good. And um, I've got it on CD down there as well, but then I've got the LP version. Yeah, you, you um, on the channel, there was a couple of uh, videos where Raw play, um, plays some of the LP, um, some of the songs on his vinyl player yeah i did an unboxing of that mm. that near lp so go, go um, and check that out i'll probably put a link in except I'll, I'll put a link in the youtube descriptions so you can go and watch so yeah if you're gonna listen to one song from that soundtrack listen to kind salvation but mm. ideally play the game because there's just every track in it is incredible and just fits the scene so well all right cool man but yeah that's my final yeah. contribution that's your final country well i think that's one hell of a way to uh to end the podcast with yeah it's only down uh, from there so it just goes down i mean we're missing out loads but if you have a favorite soundtrack or in a, on a particular game or piece of music let us know in the comments on the youtubes and um, speaking of youtube please subscribe to our youtube channel game with chums subscribe uh, subscribe to our uh, to our twitch channel game with chums and give us a listen on uh, on spotify as well but yeah thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. See you, pals. Mm-hmm.